Listener, 99% of us have been in a relationship that has gone bad. Suddenly, the person you may have imagined being part of your life forever is gone. All those breakup songs make sense. There is an immense void in your life. Everything turns grey as you struggle with rejection and loss. Tonight, we explore those dark times, how we dealt with it, and then how we recovered, and most importantly, in hindsight, would we like to go back for a second chance at love with that person, or are we glad that that relationship ended? My name is Princess, and apparently I'm your host tonight with our panel of experts. Panel, please introduce yourselves. Hi, my name's Sid. Apparently I'm an expert. My name's Kurt. <laughs> I don't think I'm an expert, but I could be. Mm-hmm. And my name is Verity, and I'm your guest expert for this evening. <laughs> well, dear listener, strap yourself in, because tonight we are going to explore when love goes wrong. Have people been in a relationship that has gone wrong? Sadly, a number of them, yes. A number of them. How, how many are we talking there, um, Verity? Oh, quite a number. Quite a number. You will be surprised. Verity, you and I will exchange notes at the end of this one. I might be able to outdo you there. Ooh, I don't know. Mm, I, I, I got some juicy ones. So I'm not going to share all of them here. Okay. Well, I've had a Look couple, but no, nothing really ended um, terribly badly. There's, there's stuff I'm not prepared to talk about because I've shared that with the people that matter to me. Um, but the one I will be talking about, well, yeah, it fizzled out. <laughs> you know, you learn, you live and learn, don't you, everybody? I'll, I'll be interested to hear that. Oh, you were there. You patched me, put me back together. Oh, that's the one. Yes, okay. Oh, dear. Mm, I didn't know if you were going to bring that one up. One I'm least embarrassed about. <laughs> really? There's <laughs> worst? Uh, what about you, Kurt? What have you had that's uh, gone sour, gone south? Ooh. Left the building. People in my teenage years that didn't work out quite the way I'd hoped. One serious kind of one in my early 20s, and that was about it. And then I've been with my last partner since I was 23. So there you go. Yes, that one kind of stuck, didn't it? Mm. Mm. Good girl. (laughs) Sounding very happy about that, uh, Kurt. (laughs) No, no, very happy, very happy. You've done quite well. Must be... 28 years this year, so... Yeah, that's that's quite an achievement. Good. Pretty good. Yes. In, for this day and age, yes, definitely. Well, it's about the same length, isn't it? Yeah. I was just going to say, you're getting close to 30 years, Eddie, with your Marianne. Um, yeah, we've just hit 25, so it's 26 this year. 
we started going out about six months to a six or eight months before you guys did. Maybe really? a year. Okay. We started in 93. When did you start? Was it 94? We were married in 96. So we got You were married together. in 96. We were married in yeah. 97. Yeah, we got together but in 94. Yeah, you were about a year after. Yeah. yeah. Now I think about it. Yes. So the the teenage ones, though, I don't think you can really count those as, as serious relationships. I mean, the, sometimes a teenage relationship will last a weekend and... Yeah, but at at the time when you have no other point of reference, it can be quite hard, you know, heartbreaking. I I certainly remember one when I was 18 and I was very devastated when it ended. You kind of take it pretty badly at that age, but um, Mm. I think it's just the, the level of maturity at that age. You don't really understand what's gone on. Uh, I remember my first girlfriend I ever had happened in a maths class on a Friday (laughs) and we decided we were boyfriend and girlfriend and then over the weekend I proceeded to write her name all over my school bag and then Monday came around and she barely spoke to me. So (laughs) it was over. I think writing the teacher's name on your school bag wasn't a good idea. It's a point, um, Sid. Mm. I fell deep and fell hard as a teenager and I don't discount it because I was a teenager because I still felt the feelings and Mm. I still was completely and utterly heartbroken when I worked out that there was only one person in this relationship and that was me. But your history teacher was married, wasn't he? (laughs) (laughs) We've got the same theme going Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. Yes, he no, was. I had a crush on someone in um, high in primary school. I had a crush on someone. Oh, do and tell. It was four, yeah. 40, 42 years after that, that crush, he dated. Wow. <gasps> oh, no. How did that go? Devastating. <laughs> it would have been girlfriend. good, but, he, but his ex wife yep. ruined him. My first girlfriend. Ever. I met her on a bus going home from school. So she came up to the window of the bus and said, I was in year seven and she was in year nine. And she said, do you have a bus pass? So I said, yes. And she said, lend us your bus pass because I've forgotten mine. And I said, we're not meant to lend bus passes. And she said, I didn't ask you what we're meant to do. I said, lend me yours. (laughs) So I dropped it out of the window. And she came on the bus and she sat next to me. So we started hanging out at school and she told me, she said, hey, um, you're my boyfriend. And I said, okay, all right, fine. We had a school discus every term or every like couple of months. We had them at our high school. So I went along with her and it was the first time I ever saw anyone smoking bongs because we went for a walk outside I'd never been I've been to one school disco before this but I'd never been outside while I was there so we go outside and we're walking around the hall and these guys are doing this thing with this orchi juice bottle that I didn't know what they were doing and her older friends start to um, make out and so then she just walks over and grabs me around the neck and just starts making out with me and I thought this is pretty cool I can dig this. But she dictated our relationship the whole way through. She made all the decisions. Like, you're going out with me, I'm going to kiss you now, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then after, you know, a, a certain amount of time, she decided it was over. 
<laughs> she dictated the start, the middle, and the ending. Yeah. Well, I'm not friends with her on Facebook, but funnily enough, I'm friends with a couple of other girls that I knew in high school, but none of them had the same impact as she did. She was very a big impact on my life. And I still think about her sometimes. And I thought we would be together forever. I did think that, even though I was only 13. I was quite happy to be with her forever and for her to decide everything for the rest of our lives. (laughs) She could have chosen my career and dictated what I wore. I wouldn't have cared. I was happy set in that kind of way because I'm funny like that. It's like You like to be dominated. You get well. You get into that groove in your life. It's like you have the same lunch every day for a year and stuff like that. And you have. I, I threw out the other day thirty pairs of business pants that I had that were all exactly the same, and I used to just wear the same ones over and over. Charcoal with a pinstripe. Hmm. I threw them all. I didn't throw them out. Took them to Salvation Army, and I used to order the same lunch every day: hamburger with cheese combo. That was it from the one shop every day. Never changed. And I like that. And so she took all these decisions out of my life and made it easy for me. I didn't have to worry about it. And you were smitten. It was called when we were were in high school, it was smitten. Yes. She was an older woman and (laughs) cool. (laughs) She paralysed your free will, sir. And I liked it. It was good. You had no (laughs) sense of agency left. I had a credible chance meeting when I was 30 with someone who I um, went out with for about nine months when I was uh, 18, 19. Oh, wow. And the way, I, the way I met her was I was actually flat hunting at the time. And yep. the real estate guy was busy and he said, look, it's just up the road, you can check it yourself. And I can remember it was ground level, it looked pretty unsafe, and I thought, nah, you know, look like an easy one for thieves. So yep. as I'm locking up and walking out, this girl from next door opens up her door to put the rubbish out. And when she turns yeah. around, suddenly we re- we recognise each other and go, wow, because we hadn't seen each other in like 12 years. She was That was another reason why I didn't want to move into that flat, I can tell you now. <laughs> I can remember at the time just saying, look, I've got to do a few things on flat hunting, but can I catch up? And she said, look, come over here later this Savo. And it's like I got to meet her, I got to meet her husband, you know, that kind of thing. And um, I actually, you know, 12 years earlier, I kind of knew her husband. Like we did, you know, occasionally call each other up and hang out, but we lost contact as well, so I didn't actually realise that they had subsequently married. I can remember when I actually joined them after about, you know, cups of tea and chats, in about like, ooh, 15 to 20 minutes, it really crossed my mind thinking, Oh, I'm glad I never settled down with her. You know, it really thought like 30-year-old brain versus the 18-year-old brain, it's like I would have not never been happy, you know. Uh, It was really good. And then I can remember we actually left where I gave her uh, my phone number, talked about catching up the following week. She said she'd phone me, never phoned me. I kind of worked that out. And I thought, you know, it actually ended the way it should have, I think. You worked out that she didn't call you back. <laughs> well, the thing is, I worked out by her not calling me back. She um, was just being really polite. It kind of reinforced everything that I was thinking, like, geez, I'm glad that she's not in my life anymore. You don't always get that kind of closure like 12 years down the track because it did end kind of weirdly. It did end very abruptly. 
It's not like we talked about it, but I was able to 12 years down the track see who she's married to, see the kind of guy that she was looking for, and I certainly was not it. That's really interesting to me, isn't it? Like, hmm. So they've blown out, they go out with you for a certain period of time. And maybe you were what they wanted at the time, but then they've mm-hmm. realised later that they actually want something else. Well, that happened to me. It's just that he realised he needed a man. Oh. oh. Well, that's, <laughs> that's not your fault then. <laughs> <laughs> and he's very happily married to his husband now and, you know, we're still friends and Facebook friends and stuff and I wish him all the best. It's all a learning curve, isn't it? I think so, but I think when you're younger and you're at high school or primary school and high school, um, I don't think at any point you're thinking about, oh, do we have similar values? Do we have similar interests? And, you know, he likes me, I like him, let's hang out, let's go out together is I think the extent of it when you're younger and now when you're older, if you aren't in a relationship, it's very much about looking for are our values or at least closely aligned, you know? Do we have no, similar family it. interests? Yeah, yeah. And um, and it's certainly difficult at, at 52 to um, enter a relationship. But I will tell you a funny thing, and I think, Eddie, you will get a kick out of this, that um, where I live whilst I'm working has an 85% um, male bachelor rate, and that's because they're all in prison. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so I was um, in the dating scene as you are and you're on dating apps. I, I am not on them anymore because they're just a, a minefield. But I was on a dating app and, and a guy asked me to go on a first date and we'd spoken a couple of times and it was very interesting because our first date lasted five hours on the beach. Like it was just wow. it was amazing. And it was interesting because... Um, all the things that I liked, he brought on this picnic date, you know, the champagne that I liked, strawberries, the cheese that I liked. And he um, stalking you. He, well, <laughs> let me let me just. Uh, but we were on the beach and, of course, the date was on the beach. I loved the beach and I loved dolphins and this particular beach had lots of dolphins and we walked along the beach and it was just like, and in my mind I'm going, oh, my God, like, he is just perfect. And um, anyway, then the next day we we're having another date and um, he asked me, because I was down at my holiday place down the coast, he asked me to um, come to his house for dinner. And, of course, I always date very safely, so I tell my, I still tell my parents where I'm going. <laughs> I got to his house and, and he cooked my favourite meal. Wow. And... Um, his intent was obviously for me to stay over because he had um, already, and then he advised me of what I could eat for breakfast. Uh, we hadn't talked about me staying over. And it was halfway through dinner that I realised only five months prior his partner had taken her own life in the exact house that I was in and um, alarm bells were just ringing, you know, and I started thinking because he, and he disclosed this fully at the dinner table and, um, yeah, needless to say I got out of there pretty quickly and um, we no longer speak. (laughs) Wow. Holy hell. How did he know so much about you? You dodged a bullet there. 
He was listening to my every word and he had gone through my Facebook because it wasn't as private as it is now, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, he, he cooked salmon for dinner and he knows I love salmon and broccolini opposed to broccoli and um, had my muesli and coconut yogurt. For, like, I'm not Jesus. kidding you. He knew exactly what I liked. Coconut yogurt. What a lunatic. And that's just Verity. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was very scary. Yeah. That, that's horrific. That's, um, wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't that's think. creepy. Yeah, I don't think males understand how scary it is for a woman to go out and meet someone like that mm. and be faced with all well, that level of stalking. That's amazing. Mm. Wow. And and it turned out that he was an ex-police officer. So he oh. knew. Um, oh. yeah. yeah. So he'd know where to uh, hide the body. Why he was, was ex. Yeah. Oh, and, Those and it was interesting just because. Louder and louder. Yeah. When I, and when I cut it off, um, he didn't, at first he didn't take that. Um, you know, it kind of, then he started sending me pictures of things my grandson might like, like a sleeping bag or things like that. And I'm like, listen, we agreed that if there was no connection that you, we would not contact each other, you know, vice versa. If he didn't like me, I wouldn't continue to contact him. And, you know, I spoke about all of those things and uh, my boundaries were really, really clear. Uh, and after I said um, that we agreed uh, that you weren't going to contact me anymore, um, he didn't contact me anymore, um, but I was still very paranoid for quite some time. And our day, honestly, it, it is very hard to be single. It is very hard to be single. Yeah, I'll say. What about you, Princess? Have you had anybody boil your bunny? <laughs> um, well, there was the time I got engaged at my 21st party. <laughs> Remember that because I had all these old relatives saying, oh, you know, when are you going to settle down? You'll be on the shelf. Yeah, you'll be on the shelf, all that business. And so a family friend and I, we had had enough sherbet's in us that we went, oh, yeah, let's, um, we'll get engaged for the night. And I very happily was unengaged at the end of the party. He wasn't. And um, his family... <laughs> yeah, he'd kept turning up when I went to visit my parents, and he'd oh, turn up and he'd just than Britney and he'd sort of just go, he'd just stare at you, at me. Jesus. Oh, no. <laughs> then he start, he just would hang, and I'm saying to my parents, get rid of him. <laughs> He's <laughs> and um, it got so bad that he would be, he would put his hand on my head and it's like oh, no. that you know you know verity that really possessive it's it's not it's and not it's affection it's possession and it's yeah. like pat and hold wow. and i did my nut at him and he really hasn't spoken to me since but he has found his life partner and he is very happy with her and um, I wish them well. That's what I mean. Like, you, you, as a male, sometimes you're wondering why females are so standoffish. But, I mean, that's the reason why. There are <laughs> lunatics oh. out there. 
Let me yes. tell you this one. This was a doozy, and this was um, a few years ago. I um, I had and I had six dates with this guy, and you know we had dinner and we had drinks and we watched movies and everything was going really really well, uh, but we only kind of hang out a couple of hours at a time. Anyway, he said, can I take you away for a romantic weekend? And I went, oh, that'd be lovely. Where where would we go? And he said, I want to take you to this cabin at Jindabyne. And I went, he goes, it's my friend's cabin and we can have it for the weekend. And I thought, oh, this is great. So anyway, um, I'm very much into, you know, I still like a gentleman. Uh, I can hold my own, but like a gentleman. Anyway, he was going to pick me up on the Friday after work and we were going to drive to Jindabyne and we are going to have the whole weekend there. Anyway, he rings me on um, Friday morning and he said, um, oh, i got some extra time off. I'm already here, so can you find your way up here to Jindabyne? And I went, no, I can't. No, no. But you have a good time. You have a great oh weekend. Oh, no, no, no. Don't be like that, he says. Don't be like that. I said, well, you know, a gentleman doesn't go away and say, find your own way there and um yeah so anyway he said oh all right I'll I'll drive back and get you and I went oh you don't have to feel free to have the weekend to yourself (laughs) so he drives doesn't behave like that (laughs) so he drives back to get me and we drive up to Jindabyne and that night we have a lovely open fire outside we has the nice red wine and um and because we'd had six dates and we're grown-ass people, like, you know, you don't have to wait too long, um, we go to go to bed and he's, and no offence to anybody who has a CPAP machine. I, I really don't care. But when I go for a romantic weekend, I wasn't expecting oh, oh, to see no the CPAP way. machine all set up on the bedside table. <laughs> and I'm like, sexy. Okay, no worries. Yeah. So 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 we had a lovely night and and then um go to bed and 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 he obviously had his machine on all night and and oh, um, no. so the next morning I wake up and he's already up. And it's about eight o'clock in the morning, and I walk out, and he's um, he's uh, um, doing something in the kitchen, and he's got a glass, and it had dark stuff in it. And I think I I said, oh, have you got apple juice? Have you? Do you mind if I have some? He goes, oh, no, that's not apple juice. He was drinking straight bourbon at eight <laughs> wow. o'clock in the morning. And I was like, mm. he goes, oh, you know, when you're out here fishing, you, you you have a few drinks. And I said, oh, like when you're out here with the boys. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, oh, okay. So we have breakfast. Then we go um, by lunchtime. We go to Jinder, into Jindabyne, um, and he's downing these schooners. And I'm like, okay. I said, um, so I'm driving back to the cabin. And he goes, oh yeah, I think you better. I'm like, well, four schooners, I'm thinking I should. Um, And I said, but don't fall asleep because I don't know my way back. And he goes, no, 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 you'll be right. Just follow this road. And he falls asleep in the car on the way back to the cabin. So then we get back to the cabin. I find my way there. He wakes up, cracks open a bottle of red. So he's had shots of bourbon in the morning, four schooners at lunch, and he's cracking open a bottle of red. I wonder if a CPAP machine. Paralytic yeah. drunk by the end of the night, and I've just read my book and stayed away and gone. This is terrible. And and the next morning we're driving back to Canberra, and he goes, "I had a really good time. Do you want to do this again? Do you want to keep seeing each other?" And I'm like, "No, I don't." 
but I should have waited till I got back to Canberra before I said, no, I don't, because he gave me a bit of a mouthful about the fact that I'd been married before and maybe I'm not the right girl for him. And, oh, you're kidding. Uh, I, just, <laughs> I never saw him again either. The second question posed by the podfather is, do you still, after all this time, have feelings for that person, being the person who's was in the relationship? One of the ones you you've broken up with, yes. The one you've broken up with, yes. Yeah, there, yeah. there's always um, a certain amount of, um, you know, feelings. You, I think you keep regardless of if you've, if you've broken up. Um, yeah, yeah. I would say yes. But we still got some feelings, obviously not the same as they were when you were together, but, um, yeah, definitely a, a warm spot, I guess. Yeah. I, I suppose we could just to repose the question, are there some where you just absolutely have no feelings for? Yes. Mm. Oh, yes. Yeah, and I could think of a couple for sure. Yes. Like what was I thinking? Yeah. Oh, look, when you realise that you've been shafted well and truly, you're just thinking uh, there's no point in wasting your time having any feelings for them. But you just if, you've, on. if you've been shafted, have you learned mm-hmm. to listen? Yes. Oh, well, in one particular case, I, you know, uh, I'll code this. I actually learned that uh, two people who I knew very well could not be trusted because uh, they were pathological liars. So it was a hard lesson to learn at the time, but, uh, oh, God, I'm glad I know now because uh, I think my last time I talked to them, I kept on thinking I can't differentiate between what's a fantasy and what's the truth with them. Somebody whom I was engaged to also happened to be very busy with someone who I regarded as a friend at the same time and I found out the hard way. He was also someone I would confide into as well, so I didn't realise he was using that as information. And when it all came out, I still remember his quote, which was, uh, I don't care who I fuck over to get what I want. Very, very blunt. And uh, I can remember just thinking, you know, we've all had relationships in bad, but it's not usually because of somebody else that you know. And I, I look back in hindsight and I think the initial shock was it wasn't just losing one person, it was like losing mm-hmm. two people because... You know, what keeps us together as mates? Well, it's it's trust and respect and they were both blown out of the water. And there was this very yeah. kind of flippant, arrogant attitude, um, even probably ironically when I, at a mutual friend's wedding about four years later, I caught up with the person, the bloke in particular, started talking to him and then we got interrupted. And I remember I gave him my mobile and I said, the ball's in your court. If you're fair dinkum, you phoned me, and I've never heard from him since. So, and that's uh, a real get... sense of um, guilt, uh, uh, like a, a, a grief, isn't it? Like, oh. and you, you can feel like a fool when you find out that someone you thought you could trust, you can't trust anymore. Well, I mean, I, I can, if I take myself back, then there's without a doubt. For a little while you feel humiliated. It's it's almost like a gut feeling, but then after a while you move, you start to move through that. Um, but you realise it's like there were a lot of kind of things where it was very, uh, it was incredibly crafted to throw everyone off the scent, well, including, mm. including the false girlfriend. 
See, this is leading into the Podfather's third question, which mm-hmm. is a double barrel one, which is how yeah. did you get over the breakup and did you do anything crazy? Uh, how did I get into the breakup? Probably my next relationship that uh, that lasted about 18 months was very special. She was particularly understanding. And I think she was actually understanding why I was probably very hesitant and not exactly trustful in those situations. So I'm extraordinarily grateful to her because it kind of like helped me to rebuild trust. The craziest thing that I did is going to an engagement where, you know, I was hearing people talk talk about them and talking about how nice they were and it kind of tipped me over the edge. And I do remember just thinking, mm. oh, fuck this, there's no rules left in life, you know, yeah. kind of thing. Like I'm right there in front of them and they're talking about them like they're the bee's knees. I just like, I just flipped. I remember I'm at a... Uh, I'm at an engagement do, and I start kissing a girl on the tenth floor. <laughs> engagement do, and I just like, oh fuck it! <laughs> I just like, just throw throw the rules out of the book. It doesn't seem to be working for me. That was probably the time I realised. I think I've got to reevaluate what's going on, and I've sanitised that quite a lot. This was actually passed on to me by someone else. Like you know. My ex believed that I was going around to her house and switching the power off in the middle of the night. Oh, no. So, you know, she'd wake, sleep through her alarm and stuff like that. And when it came back to me, I remember the first thing I thought, damn, what a good idea. I wish I thought that. <laughs> it wasn't me. I mean, whatever happened, it wasn't me. I kept thinking, that's a bloody good idea, but now it's public, I can't use it. <laughs> I remember that. I have another example which is, which will make you laugh. So um, mm. I knew a bloke, he broke up with his first, his first serious girlfriend and she wasn't really living with him, but she used to spend a lot of time at his place. And she had this old wardrobe and she took it over there and they had it in the bedroom and they put clothes in and all the rest of it. Anyway, they broke up and um, she said, look, I want to come around and pick up my clothes and, and the wardrobe. And, you know, and he said, yep, do that. And she comes around and he dragged the wardrobe out into the front yard and chopped it up with an axe and then had <laughs> set it on fire. And so they pull, she pulls up with her dad and any you to pick up this wardrobe and the clothes, and there's this fire, and they and they look closer and they go, oh, ah, uh, um, okay, and they just drive off, and that that's the other example I have of, of I, sort of insane behaviour. And he was standing exactly, in the background with the axe, laughing yeah. maniacally. I didn't and plot I, revenge. That's an image that's always stuck with me. I didn't see it. I didn't plot revenge. <laughs> I just felt so revolted by the pair of them. I want didn't want to be anywhere near them. If, if you think about why people go out with you and you think later, well, are they going out with me just because they don't have anyone to go out with at the moment or are they going out with me because they like this about me but they don't like that, and then why do they break up with you? Is it because you have changed in your character or you have developed or especially when you're younger, have you grown into someone who's different kind of mm. thing? And so what is a valid reason for falling in love with someone or having a relationship with someone and what isn't? And is there any truly valid reasons and non-valid reasons and, or is I, there just I think being, being on the rebound is probably not a valid reason. Yep. Um, 
I just think you're bound to make a wrong decision. We'd like to thank you, listener, for joining us for part one of Love Gone Wrong. You can join us next week for part two. In the meantime, if you'd like to contact us, you can drop us an email at podnoname at gmail.com or you can leave us a Facebook message at at podnoname on Facebook. Thanks for spending your precious time with us and we'll see you next week for episode two of Love Gone Wrong.